Brother Nelson, come preach to us. Amen. Appreciate this man's spirit and his ministry and walk with God and his leadership. I want him to preach to my heart tonight. Thank you, Brother Goff. Hallelujah. You all can sit on down. Smoking Joe. My word. <laughs> right? Thank you, Lord. Well, God's good to us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Nice and comfy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. That's... Oh, Lord. Happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day to my wife. I got the microphone now. Hey, I sure appreciate her. Hallelujah. She, she and I, we've we've ridden some rapids together, and she stuck with me. And uh, I have to say, she's never questioned when God has said, "Go this way." She never bucked one time. Hallelujah, and I, I appreciate that. Love you, Lon Ray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, enough of that sappiness. Hallelujah. I was telling Pastor the other day when I came to church, I was wearing this suit, and I said, you know, it's pretty bad when you wear a gray suit and it matches your hair. <laughs> but such as it is, at least I got hair. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, I've come here tonight to tell you I'm <clears throat> putting my foot down and saying that the manna has ended, so if you're looking for a window of opportunity, you're out of luck. <laughs> so if you'll turn to me with me to Joshua. No. Well... <laughs> Smoking Joe. Oh, boy. Help, Lord. Hallelujah. I do have something that I, I want to kind of share with you before I get into my message tonight. And uh, I don't know, Sister Jasmine, you want to stay there and play that all that time? I might be a minute, but you can stay if you want to. You can get down if you want to. But, uh, um, Something that had been on my mind a lot is it had to do with a training that our son went through. He went through SEER training when he was in the Air Force. And what that was to do was to help or to put them in a situation if they were ever shot down over enemy lines and captured, to put them through that scenario. To, to train them to know how to deal with that situation. And in that training, the first thing that they did was they isolated every one of them in that squadron. They put them in a box, and they isolated them. And then as that wasn't enough, they started to challenge their beliefs and started to pressure them into trying to believe that they had actually done something wrong or they had said something against their country or just battering their minds. But something that stuck out to me was the fact that the first thing they did was they isolated them. In church, I, I just want to admonish you that no matter what happens, we're in a situation, I feel like we have turned a corner. And we're, we're fixing to go to some, some land that we've always desired, that we've been hearing about being preached, Joshua this, Joshua that. But in the midst of it, you've got to remember, don't let the adversary isolate you. You see, because there's going to come times, brother, where 
somebody's going to rub you the wrong way. And our first reaction, of course, is to withdraw. And that's exactly what the adversary wants us to do. He will put you in that scenario. He will get you in that scenario to get you by yourself. Because when he does, brother, there goes the second part, and that is he's going to challenge your beliefs. Does pastor really care about me? Sit there with your phone in your hand. If pastor really cared, he'd call me right now. If my brothers and sisters really cared about me, they'd, they'd call me or they'd text me. And I haven't gotten a text. I haven't gotten nothing. And the adversary just, he goes, yeah, you're right. You're right. God's sending revival. He's sending revival. And we've been hearing about it again, again, again with Joshua. Put your foot down. And one other thing I want to share with you before I get into the message was yesterday I was mowing my yard and I was listening to the message, putting your foot down because we weren't here. We were down visiting Spencer, and so I didn't get a chance to hear that message. And so I heard that message, <clears throat> and the way that things worked out, immediately after that message was done, it went right into Pastor's message about where he was talking about agape love. And as I'm mowing, the Holy Ghost is dealing with me, and he's saying, you know, you're hearing about revival, and that's what I want. But you've got to listen to what I'm trying to tell you with the agape love. With the getting together and being apart together. And that coincided with what I felt about this deal with the SEER training. We have got to love one another when we don't want to love one another. If we're, if we're, going, if we're going to see revival, I'm telling you that... The devil, he's, he's not playing games. And he's going to try his dead level best. And I've just, I'm, I'm shooting up a flare. I'm shooting up a warning here tonight. I just want to remind you. That, yeah, we've heard about the revival. And we get excited and we clap and we raise our hands. And we begin, oh, yeah, 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 the soul's coming. But on the heels of that, how are we going to interact together makes the difference in what God can do in this sanctuary. How many times have you been at home and you sat there with a the phone in your hand and you felt to text a brother or sister and you, oh, that's silly. No, it's not. If they don't want to see it, they can turn off their phone. But nine times out of ten, that's exactly what they needed to hear. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Endeavoring. Don't let the devil isolate you. Whatever you do, don't let, don't, 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 don't let him isolate you. Don't let him get you off by yourself and start feeding your mind full of junk. Telling you you don't matter, telling you your pastor don't care. I've been there. I've, I've, I've heard those things. I've sat in my home myself with the lights down in my pity party sitting there going, nobody cared. And you know the odd thing about it is, is that there's almost a comfort there, if I could say that. There's almost, it's weird. It's almost like, yeah, there's, a, there's like a, a warm blanket kind of goes around you going, yeah, they don't care about me. But as time goes on, it gets colder and colder and colder. So church, God's going to do great things. I said he's going to do great things. But we got to love one another through it. We got to love one another through it. That agape love. 
bear with me a minute. Technology. Brother Albright, it's your fault. There you go. So remember, church, we're in this thing together. If I rub you the wrong way, please understand I didn't mean to. I really didn't. I'm human. Okay, I'm going to say something or I'm going to make a mistake, brother. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a shoe and, you, and you know, don't throw a shoe. You don't know what that means? horse has shoes and if a horse throws a shoe the horse can't go for any further if it throws a shoe it can't proceed hmm thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah thank you Lord hmm Don't let the devil isolate you. Those that may be listening online, don't let the devil isolate you. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's get started. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'd like to say thanks, thank you to Pastor for the opportunity. I know he's not here, but I want to give him honor. Him and Sister Riggin, fan, fantastic people, fantastic people. I am, we, are, we are blessed. We are blessed to be here. We are blessed to be we are blessed to be here. The Nelsons are blessed to be here. Oh my word. Ecclesiastes chapter three, beginning at verse one. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. my message tonight what I want to preach to you teach to you whatever is and the day came and the day came let's all pray Lord we thank you for your presence that's in this house here tonight and I'm asking you Lord to use me God use me to minister to your saints here tonight God help us to be equipped equipped to be effective for you God bind us together Lord I pray, God, whatever, whatever the situations are represented here, God, that you would intervene, that you would move mightily. God, oh God, that you'd bind us together, Lord, and let there be unity. God, strengthen, strengthen, Lord, uplift, encourage, Lord. God, oh God, we give you the praise, we give you the glory tonight in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes led us to know that there's a time for some things. Webster's definition of time says this. It's, it's a system of distinguishing events, a dimension that enables two identical events occurring at the same point in a space to be distinguished, measured by the interval between the events. Period with limits. Limited period during which an action process or condition exists or takes place. Method of measuring intervals. 
a system for measuring intervals of time. Talking about time. There are 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week, 730.5 hours in a month, 87.66 hours in a year. There's 1,440 minutes in a day, 10,080 minutes in a week, 43,830 minutes in a month, 525,960 minutes in a year. And our lives are governed by that time. We've set a time to go to work. We've set a time to go to school. We schedule times for meetings, lunch dates, family time, etc. We have days and times for special church services and plan special events all according to time. We plan trips on certain events, trips to the doctor, dentist, car repairs. And a lot of times we'll mark those particular days on a calendar to remember that appointment. And some of us seasoned folks, when we were younger, we can remember thinking the day when we turned 16 would never get here and us to get to drive. And then there was that, are we ever going to graduate high school? But last year, or a couple years ago, I finally, you know, I graduated. That's only been a couple years ago. Hallelujah. But I'm talking about time. Talking about the day. Our scripture reading lets us to know that there's a time for every purpose under the heaven. We were born and the day will come that we will die. If the Lord tarries. We often take for granted that tomorrow will come, but know for a certainty that the day, that day, will come. With that being said, I want to speak about a day that came in the days of Noah. If you'll turn with me tonight to Genesis chapter 6, I'll begin at verse 11, reading through verse 17. Said the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted its way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make into the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. The lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. And everything that is in the earth shall die. Skipping down to verse 22 said, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. So did he. Noah was warned of the destruction of the world by a flood. And when he warned him, God marked that day on his calendar. And thus the clock began to tick toward that day. It took Noah and his sons roughly 120 years to build the ark. 120 years of the noise of wood being sawed and hammers, hammers pounding. I can only imagine his neighbors thinking, must be 7 o'clock in the morning. There's Noah. He's building his ark again. I can imagine friends coming over to people that live close to Noah as Noah was building the ark, looking at their neighbors going, how do you handle that noise? How do you deal with that? Oh, that's just that's Noah. He's just building the ark. An ark? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
He said something about the Lord's going to destroy the earth with a flood. It's crazy. But he's, he's out there. He's just a building. He's just a building that ark. He said something about rain. It's going to rain. What in the world is that? It's going to rain. Because you see, it had never rained on the earth up to this point. And in Genesis chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, it gives us the account of how the, the earth was watered. And it said, every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. That's how the earth received its water. And here's Noah building an ark commanded by God because God said, I'm fixing to destroy the earth with a flood. The Lord said, I'm going to send rain upon the earth. And that is, that is something they had never experienced before. And here's the man, not only is he building this gargantuan edifice in front of them day by day, but he's... He's telling them and warning them, hey, you guys got to get ready. The Lord's going to destroy the earth with a flood and it's going to rain. Minute by minute, day by day, year after year, the people heard these noises of the building of the ark and Noah's warning of the soon coming judgment. I'd have to imagine Noah's boys asking dad, Dad, do we really have to work on that ark today? Again? Come on. Do we really have to go out there? Dad, ain't, ain't you heard what they're saying about us? They're calling us crazy. Dad, I go to, when I go down to the market, Dad, they, they, people cut a wide berth around us and they're all whispering about us. Dad, do we really have to do this? And all the while Noah's admonishing them, yes, son, we have to do this. Dad, they think we're crazy. They think we're nuts. Do we have to go again? Yes, son. We've got to get it done. Because the Lord said he's going to do it. And in Genesis chapter 7, we read that day came. Beginning of verse 11 says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights and in the self same day in Noah entered Noah Shem Ham and Japheth the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and three wives with his sons into the ark verse 21 it says and all flesh died that moved upon And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both the fowl of cattle and beast and every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. And every man, all in whose nostrils were the breath of life, and all was in the dry land died, and every living substance was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive, and they were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth a hundred and fifty days. By faith, Noah saved him and his family from destruction. Hebrews 11 and 7 says, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things seen as, as, as things not seen as yet, as not seen as yet, Moved with fear, preparing an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness wizards of faith. I've got a question for you. 
What do you think Noah's son's reply was after it started raining? What do you think as they entered the ark and all the animals for the golf and the door was still open and they're looking outside and no doubt people were walking by. That had to be an event that just drew a crowd. It had to. I mean, you just, I mean, come on. All these animals going into the ark and here, you know, And here's Noah and his family staring out the ark. And here's these people that have mocked them, looking at them. No doubt still going, he's crazy. What you going to do now? You got all those animals in that big old boat with you. You look goofy. But then the day came and the Lord shut the door. And all of a sudden, those that were those that were mocking him, no doubt sitting in their home, Brother Goff, and all of a sudden they hear something hit the roof. What in the world is that? What is that noise? And they walk outside and see that's rain. That's what he was talking about. That is what he was talking about. And Brother Gotha, you know people had to get out of their house and run down there and started bounding on that ark going, Hey Noah! Let us in, man. Hey, hey, hey. We're sorry. We're sorry, man. We, we didn't know. We didn't understand. But can you let us in now? Now uh, the fountains of the deep started breaking up. And here it's ankle high. And, and they're like, come on, Noah. Hey. We didn't mean it. We didn't mean it. Pounding on the door. Hey, Noah, let us in, man. Come on. It's up to our hips now, Noah. Mama, get Junior. Put him on your shoulders. We got we to get a hold of Noah. No, you got to let us in. He told them that day was going to come. But they didn't listen. Mm. In Matthew, Jesus warns us of another day that's going to come. Matthew 24, verses 36 through 42 says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as of the days of Noah were, so shall it also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days they were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding in the meal, the one shall be taken the other left. Watch therefore. Watch therefore. Watch there. Wa- watch therefore. For you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Must be seven o'clock. Yeah, it's Tuesday. There's the Goff family leaving again. They're crazy. 
They go to church all the time. They're always at the church. Yeah, I heard they go twice on Sunday. Really? Twice? I mean, man, you know, I'm doing good just go once, you know. That ain't, you don't need all that. And you know what? I heard him, heard just through, you know, some. I talked to him the other day. He was out mowing his yard, and I talked to him about, he was saying something about the rapture. God's coming back. see it yeah my, my grandma told me that when I was a little boy and I'm 50 years old now and we're still cranking along ain't, ain't nothing going on dad do we have to go to church again people are saying are crazy do we have to go again Yes, son, we got to go again. But, Dad, you don't, they're calling us nuts. The way we dress, as often we go to church, we don't have a TV. I mean, everybody got a TV. They're crazy. Do we have to go, Dad? But just as people could see the progress of the building of the ark, we can see the signs of his soon coming as described in Paul's second letter to Timothy. I want to read it to you in, the, in, the, in a living translation here. It says, you should know this, Timothy. You should know this. That in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud and scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing. They will consider nothing. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving, unforgiving. They'll slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends and be reckless. They'll be puffed up with pride, love pleasure rather than God. They'll act religious, but they'll reject the power that could make them godly. You should know this, Timothy. In the last days, that's going to be the climate. And church, I've never seen a time like we live in like we're in today. I'm here to sound a warning to us that if we're going to do something for God, we'd better get at it. Because I'm telling you, God's calendar, He's marking it off, Brother Goff, and He's getting closer and closer and closer to that day when that day will come. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, Peter describes it this way. The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. That's what I come here to do tonight, church. To stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. That you be mindful of the words which were spoken before the holy prophets of the commandment of us, the apostles and the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of that which by the word of God of the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the waters in the water. Whereby the world then, that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. 
The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing, not willing, not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. But the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord will come. That day of the Lord will come. It will come and it will be as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. And here's the account of his soon coming. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which were alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. When your feet hit those transparent streets of gold, will all the sacrifices that you made for the kingdom be worth it? Will all the ridicule and persecution and will it be worth it? Will you look at those things and say, yeah, this is, this is nice, this is really pretty, but, you know, I, I really gave up a lot there on the earth. No. 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 I know Paul admonishes us to comfort one another with these words of the Lord's coming. But church, i got to confess to you, just as Noah, when he was building the ark, I had this, as I was thinking about this and thinking about Noah and thinking about him being a preacher of righteousness and trying to warn the people of the soon coming of the Lord, knowing what was fixing to come as he built that ark, I can't help but feel like there were times when Noah was putting some boards together and putting some framing together that tears were streaming down his face as he got to thinking about the condition of those he was trying to talk to and warn. And just see Noah walking in after working on the on the ark and his wife meeting him at the door brother Goff with dinner on the table well, how'd it go today Noah went good we made pretty good progress how long you think you got before you're done six months maybe a year and I can't help but feel like Noah's heart was heavy. Every board he put into place, every, every level that he framed, everything as it came together, as he walked out in the morning and looked at what he did the day before, he knew that it's getting closer. One day closer, brother self, one day closer. And we're fixing to, we're fixing to build on it again today and, and tomorrow and the next day, year after year. Until finally that day came, Brother Goff, when he put the last nail in place. And turned and looked at his boys and said, It's done, boys. Get your tools. We're done, Daddy? It's done, son. Get your tools. Let's go put them away. John chapter 4, verses 35, 36. Say ye not that there are four months and then cometh the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the field. For they're white, all ready to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto the eternal that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together.
Jesus admonished, said, I must do the works of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. It's daytime now. But Brother Goff, there's coming a time when it's the tools will be put away. The saws will be put into the shop. The nails will be put in the cubby. And night come when no man can work. In studying for this message tonight, I read a scripture that I, have, I know I've read before because I've read the Bible through. But in reading it, something came out to me that I had never seen before. And it's in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20. <clears throat> it says, which sometime were disobedient. When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing, when a few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. I had never noticed that part where it says, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. See, I'd always perceived that when God said, I'm going to destroy the earth with a flood, that God was like, to be honest with you, Brother Goff, I, I felt like he was mad at everybody. He was like, all right, you're done. I'm going to... I'm going to destroy you. Noah, build the ark. I'm saving you and your family. And that's the way I had always perceived it. But in reading this scripture here, it let me to know that, that the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. He waited in the days of Noah. It says, Thayer's definition of waited is this, to look for, expect, Wait for, wait for anyone who would repent and get on the ark with Noah. God waited, Brother Goff. As Noah was building, God was there waiting for anyone that would repent, Brother Jerry. He loved those people. He cared about those people. And as Noah was doing what Noah was supposed to do, God was waiting for someone, anyone, anyone that would repent. God loves his creation. He loves his people. How many more days you got, Noah? Not very many. How many more days we got, church? Not very many. And I've got co-workers. Ain't in the ark, Brother Jerry. I got family. They ain't in the ark. You come to music. That day's going to come. It's going to come when this is all going to be over. Do you, can you, can you, can we even begin to fathom eternity? This isn't something that you can just hit reset and play again. It's not some video game or, 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 or something to where you get another chance. This is it. This is all we have. It's all they have. And then it's eternity. Eternity. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Never end. Never end.
I've been guilty of striving to, like you preached Tuesday night, Brother Goff. Been needing to get rid of, reset my focus. My job is my job, but that's not what God brought me in this city for. He brought me to win souls. Drove down to Altus, Oklahoma. See our son. Looking in his eyes, Brother Jerry. My heart ached. in the eyes of my co-workers Brother Albritton my heart aches coming just like it did in Noah's day it's coming church in those times and looking at my son I'll just be honest with you I can't help but remember the times I've missed prayer so busy going about their day trying to make ends meet and trying to pay the bills seems like this is my lot to preach this this down this vein but I can't help it when we go to outreach brother all Britain and we got that flyer in our hand is it just something let's hurry up let's get these get these out of my hand so I can go do what I need to do you getting out of your car and going who is it God who is it lead me to that one God let's all stand That day's coming. These altars are open here tonight. You got a loved one, you got a family member, you got a co worker. Can you bring them up to this altar and talk to God about them tonight saying, God, 
Help them. Help them tonight, Lord, to wake up. Help them, God. Draw them. Draw them to you, God.
Can use it. 
Come on. Holy Ghost is moving in this house. Come on. Brother, join with brother. Sister with sister. Say, God, you can use me. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Church, that's it. Come on. Come on. Let the Holy Ghost move. You can use anything, Come on. Lord, you Kick can out all the stops. Come on. Don't quench the spirit. Let the Holy Ghost move. You can use Don't be anything, shy. Lord, you can Just obey the Holy Ghost. God, you see these young people, Lord. Use them. Can you? 